1: and welcome to Strong Language of Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doing musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart. Hi Mitch! Hello, it's Andy versus Mitch time again. We actually, because this is coming out in April, I think we possibly cleared the entire month of March without doing one of these.
0: I think we might have, yeah. I think we've been huh. pretty on it with the guests, or rather I should say you've been pretty on it with the guests.
1: Yeah, we've done okay in the last little while, but it is time to do this once again. Mm. Uh, last month it was my choice and I chose Snakes on a Plane.
0: Which, uh, as I've said many times, inspired, my friend. Inspired.
1: Yeah, worked out okay. was happy enough with it. Um, so, it falls back to you. I believe the last time that you did one was Body Melt. So, there's not much room for this to get me lower in my estimation. Right. Um, but your route to recovery, you start with a uh, Nightmare City from Umberto Lindsay.
0: I do, yeah. This I think I think the second Umberto Lindsay film that we've covered after Nightmare Beach. So yes, uh, I
1: believe so. We're yeah. broadening
0: out from the confines of the beach to the city as a whole, and uh, yeah, yeah. This is a
1: this is a wild old time. That is definitely a way of putting it. Why did you choose this one this week?
0: This was actually one of the first Lindsay films I saw. Like I saw it before I ever saw Cannibal Ferox, and for my it's probably his best film nightmare beach is fun i don't get all the love that if there's any really out there actually because i don't really hear that much about love for cannibal ferox really because it is just a shite rehashing of cannibal holocaust mm-hmm. um i just thought it was like at the time i saw it i hadn't really seen many i don't want to use the Z word here because i know Lindsay doesn't like to use the Z word but mm-hmm. you know like things like 28 days later when you have kind of running infected
1: Yeah, because, I mean, I think that's probably not a bad comparison point because the infected here are certainly versatile.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's like, this was coming way before there were, like, running zombies and things like Return of the Living Dead, so, yeah, so it's kind of interesting in that regard that it did this. It's also batshit crazy, like, the amount of stabbings in this film is head-spinning, like, it's crazy. Uh, It's just an incredibly fun, brisk, breathless time that is just, I, I just think it just rewards repeated viewings so you can just see how terrible a lot of the makeup is and just how janky a lot of it is, but it's never not fun.
1: I would say that's probably reasonable, uh, but speaking of uh, brisk and breathless, how do you feel about trying your hand at a 30-second synopsis of this?
0: Well, this is also never not fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I have position 30 seconds on the clock if oh. you are ready to go. Uh, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll I'll give it a bash. Okay, three, two...
0: One, go. Oh. The year is 1980. It's the year of my birth. Are we in Italy? Are we in Spain? Who cares? It doesn't really matter because Hugo Stiglitz is here to save us from running infected creatures that have taken over the world. Oh, is that, is that all we're getting? That's it. That's, that's all you need because it doesn't really go into anything more than that apart from lengthy slams on the nuclear industry.
1: Yeah, that's true, actually, yeah, it does take, it very much takes a stance on that one. <laughs> yeah, 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 no one is on the fence about
0: that. Uh, even the guy who works, he's like the colonel the guy who works for the Atomic Energy or whatever his name is. Yeah, he, even he's a bit like, yeah, 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 I know, we're, we're, we're playing with fire here and eventually we're going to get burned.
1: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, you know, fly with the crows, we'll get shot with them. <laughs> exactly, that's... Um, when this starts, the kind of washed-out urban decay and, like, plaintive but ominous music kind of reminded me of, like, ITV 80s crime dramas. Well, things like Taggart? Yeah.
0: Right, okay, I get that, I get that. that and immediately that makes me want to put No Mean City, the theme from Taggart, at the start of this.
1: Yeah, I think that it would work. It was like, that. that's the kind of, that's the headspace it put me in. Before we turn in straight to exposition news, where we get some speculation about a radioactive spill at the local nuclear energy concern, yeah um, which we hear is serious but contained
0: also we're straight into channel 5 news according to the broadcaster role. it clearly says behind them that it's bwc news so uh, i don't know if that was just my dubbing or if that was maybe uh, something <laughs> else altogether
1: i have on the subject of dubbing i have an incredible thing that happened for the duration of this for me that i'll get to as it arises
0: right okay so it was a dubbed version that you watched that wasn't in <laughs> italian
1: it was a dubbed version that I watched. Yeah, um, I watched it on. I just watched the version that was um, accessible on Amazon Prime.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't. I'm not really familiar with what version that is. I watched the Arrow Video Blu-ray, which was pretty great. I mean, the subtitles match, which is crucial, uh, and you tend to find that on a lot of these Italian dubbed versus the subtitles things are not uh, at all in order. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is cool. This was a two K restoration that Arrow Video put out a while back. But um, at points, it's like I don't know what the quality of the one on Amazon Prime's like either visually. But at times, this one's like heavily damaged and it's got like really bad photochemical decay on it, so there's weird color issues and stuff. It's, uh, it's a interesting watch.
1: There is the odd bit of that here and there, but you've touched on it. So I'm just going to tell you, like um, the version that I watched, the subtitles paraphrase the dub so much of the time. And to, to begin with, to the point that, like, at the start, when it was happening, I wondered if, you know, that thing where if you, like, pause something or if your computer glitches out or something, the subtitles fall out of sync? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is it that? And it wasn't. Eventually, I realized it was like, oh, they're paraphrasing everything.
0: <laughs> was um, it, like, just run through Google Translate?
1: It, well, I'll, I'll, it's, it's really strange, actually. I'll, uh, I'll kind of address the examples as they arise, but it's so often that somebody says something in the dub that's really, really blunt force and kind of, like, quite rude or quite brisk. And uh, the subtitles almost weighed in, being like, I think what my colleague meant to say, because it's like always much more polite <laughs> and longer.
0: <laughs> um, by the way, that Arrow Video Blu-ray also has former guest, Chris Alexander, doing the commentary on it.
1: Oh, very cool. Okay, yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, but no, I noted down some of the best examples of uh, oh, I can't of wait this. to hear these, because
0: way- in my experience, these are never not hilarious.
1: Well, there are certainly some absolute crackers um, here. However, on the news, on Exposition News, Channel 5, WBC, who can say? We hear that Dr. Hargenbeck is arriving to uh, help shed some light on the situation. The uh, top man at the news station, Mr. Desmond, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, wants his best guy on the case. And <laughs> with that, we meet uh, Miller.
0: Yeah, Dean Miller. He's not happy with his regular beat. He's not at all happy with the job that's given to him. He's, yeah, he's... um. I actually think that Hugo Stiglitz does an amazing job in this. Uh, he's constantly running for an hour and a half.
1: He does spend quite a lot of time getting away from things. There's a lot of foot chases in this.
0: Yeah, and he's there's a lot of him just kind of walking from disaster scene to disaster scene.
1: Also true, yeah. um, But he and his cameraman head out to the airport the following day for uh, Dr. Hardenbeck arriving. hmm um however there's some drama at air traffic control an unidentified trace is approaching uh they try to make contact doesn't work it's an unmarked military transport plane
0: that's right yeah and i met miller immediately because that's the kind of guy that he is he smells a story brewing it's very intuitive that way. Mm, absolutely. Um, but then emergency crews are dispatched to meet this plane. It's a Hercules, by the way, for any plane fans out there that might feel a flutter in their pants by
1: looking at big fancy planes.
0: And, yeah, uh, no pilot, no answer on a lo- when you like, loud hail them or when they were like chapping on the side door.
1: Yeah, so um, natural response to this is for it to be swarmed by military presence. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And, of course, Miller, who is constantly right next to... I'm just going to say massacres, right? But he is never even scratched.
1: No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, he obviously he he kind of comes up smelling of roses, regardless of how chaotic things are around him. And it
0: gets quite chaotic. Particularly, I think the, the, the best example of that is the hospital.
1: Yes, I would say that that's probably a fair assessment. However, for now, the side door for the plane opens and uh, Professor Beck appears at that point. He immediately stabs the guy that approaches him, and then a horde of, I think, what we should probably just call infected.
0: Yeah, I know that. Uh, I remember hearing something a while ago about Quentin Tarantino had. Um, I think he was doing like a round table with Lindsay, and I think he used the Z word, and Lindsay got quite annoyed about it. Okay. Uh, so, I think out of respect to that opinion, we will try to stay clear of that word.
1: Yeah, I think infected is a reasonable uh, surrogate, but yeah, they burst forth and start attacking the military. This is absolute chaos. It
0: uh, is. Yeah, yeah. They ha- they have all kinds of weapons. They have like uh, sickles. They have sledgehammers. They just have, like, chunks of wood. Some have machine guns. Most have stabbing and slashing weapons.
1: Yes, aha. Uh-huh. Another reason why I think that zombie doesn't necessarily apply, because, like I say, I think that these these creatures are kind of far more intuitive than your average zombie. Like, it's not even just, like, running, like you see in 28 Days Later or something like that. It's like, they can drive cars. Yeah, and planes. Yeah, and, uh, and like... and. They can kind of like, they understand the notion of kind of like surrounding someone that's stuck somewhere and they don't just like wait outside until they break into like panning windows and stuff like that. Sure. Now let me ask you
0: something that might be considered a thorny question in terms of this film. Okay. What do you think
1: of the appearance of these characters? I'm quite daft, but fun. (laughs) Like, because I remember the first time that I got a proper close look at one. I was like, oh, that's silly. Yeah, yeah, like um, although, like they kind of remind me, uh, in they kind of like the ones that are kind of like full face makeup. They kind of remind me of you know the jump scare that shouldn't be a jump scare in Mulholland Drive.
0: Oh yeah, um, with uh, Bonnie Aden's.
1: Um yeah, but uh, around the back of the diner.
0: Yeah.
1: Like I like that 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 shouldn't make me jump, but it gets me every single time, and it kind of reminds me of that guy.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: At this point, I had my first subtitle split, or my first noticeable one, right. where uh, Miller Miller said. I don't believe it, my god, and the subtitle said, my god, I don't believe it, it's absurd. Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) I mean, I guess the subtitles are uh, potentially staving off any criticism that you might have of the film at this point by telling you that a character said that the film is absurd, so you can't go, this is a, oh no, he's already said it, the film knows it's absurd. Preemptive. What I love right after this though is we get a kind of whistle stop of the carnage that's left after this massacre. And they kind of boil down. We see that all of their traffic controller guys are all dead. There's just like soldiers and police just scattered everywhere. And then we smash cut from that into thrusting crotches.
1: Yes, um, a dance troupe in blue leotards. um, All a part of a show called It's All Music. (laughs) That uh, show on the same channel that Miller works for, WBC. Or Channel 5. Or Channel Five. So um, he heads there because it's time to interrupt this broadcast with an important news bulletin.
0: Yeah. Now, can I ask, is it normal for TV crews in studio to wear white lab coats?
1: In my time working in broadcast journalism, I did not ever come across somebody wearing a white lab coat. Yep, I'm a doctor of broadcast journalism. I'm a yes. The... <laughs> um, but the uh, the interrupt the interruption the special broadcast uh, goes as planned at least initially. But he gets midway through, kind of telling the story, and uh, he is suppressed. He's silenced. He is, yeah. And then we get Mel
0: Ferrer turning up here, uh, ex-husband of Audrey Hepburn, as General Murchison, who yes. for one second looks like he might actually be the boss of the boss at the TV station. And I was like, is this state-controlled TV?
1: I thought the same. Uh yeah, because yeah, obviously the next thing that we see is um, after Miller gets the kind of plug pulled. Um, he goes off into an office to argue with uh, Mr. Desmond, but then Mr. Desmond is obviously answerable to General Murchison, but we were just meeting him for the first time. He's not in- introduced as an army general, so I was kind of like, I was the same. I was like, Jesus Christ, what is the hierarchy in this place?
0: He dresses incredibly formally to be the head of a TV news station.
1: I mean, yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah, I mean, like, there were, I mean, I know that he didn't say, hello, I'm General Murchison from the army, but I suppose there were some visual clues that I probably should have caught.
0: There's some great stuff happens right around here. like It just shows you exactly how much of a rebel Dean Miller is. He uh, uses freedom of the press as an argument against the censure that they're trying to place upon him. And he is immediately suspended. But no, no, you don't tell him when he's leaving. He'll quit first. And that's exactly what he does. Yeah, he's a man of integrity. And then he storms out of the room, walks over to a woman who's on the phone, rips the phone out of her hand and demands that they get his wife on the phone
1: yeah it's ludicrous i really like it though uh very very silly i also think it's funny that after this uh it's another subtitle split moment um you yes. cut back to um it's all music which is about to resume oh yes <laughs> and uh the guy who's like kind of like the director i guess is like we're back on the air in 20 seconds and the subtitles made it we're back on the air in two minutes <laughs>
0: Uh, well that's probably good timing because we then briefly join major holmes who uh, has put his army work aside long enough to i guess cavort with his partner sheila but yeah he's told that he's got to get into the office take those nipples out your mouth the the army needs you and this drill is maximum urgency is what my dubbin said which I, i've never heard
1: i know yeah yeah but like it that, like, sounds important hmm um, but yeah, while this is going on, uh, we have got uh, Dean trying to reach his wife without success.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of that in the early running of him just running around screaming at people,
1: get my wife, get my wife, I need to see her now, and they're just like, I can't, and he's just like,
0: okay, and then he always just slopes off, kind of like kicking the ground as he walks away to think of another way to get in touch with her.
1: Yeah, and, and like in the time that he was exhausting all avenues, he definitely could have just driven to the hospital. But even when he does that, he gets to
0: the front desk of the hospital, he's like, listen, I need to see my wife, this is incredibly important. And they're like, no, you can't, she's in the theatre. And he's just like, fine. Just walks away immediately. Like He never pushes a point, in which I also quite like about him.
1: I don't know. Like I think in an emergency situation, uh, I kind of feel like you need to be a little bit more assertive. It reminds me of not to, uh, just, I'm just going to briefly reference a terrible film here, yeah. but mm-hmm. um, in, uh, in Run, Hide, Fight, Oh, right, okay. There is a point where a couple of kids are trying to alert another classroom full of kids that there's an active shooter in the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, they knock on the window and they like scream, active shooter, active shooter, etc. And then the teacher goes, very funny, girls, and shuts the blinds. And they just go, damn it, and never go back to try and tell that class what's happened. Um, which is kind of what I feel like happens here. It's Mitch, like You can't give up on the first try. The city's overrun.
0: If someone shuts blinds on you, that's quite a clear message. Move on. There's no sense trying again. The message is clear.
1: We're not buying what you're selling. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: First indicator, really, of exactly how overrun this city is going to be with the infected as we head back to It's All Music, which is obviously WBC's flagship show. Mm. Um, but a dancer has discovered with a throat cut at the hands of one of these guys. And uh, more chaos ensues here as smooth jazz plays and does not stop.
0: This show seems like as prime time and as, and as important as Ant and Dick's Saturday Night Takeaway.
1: Aye, yeah. Because I mean, regardless of the fact that Miller's emergency broadcast got shut down, it was still an emergency broadcast. So it's funny that when the plug gets pulled on it, everyone's like, well, nothing to read into there. Back to It's All Music. Yeah, like, it's like,
0: not even the end of the world could stop It's All Music on a good day, had there not been a massacre in this TV station, which is what happens immediately.
1: Yeah, it's an entertainment juggernaut. (laughs) But yes, there's a massacre. Many dancers lose their lives. Um, They also breach Miller's office here. What does he throw at them that explodes? Oh, well, I could tell you about that. By the way, there's some great stuff in here. There's
0: an amazing axe to the head. There's a woman gets her nipple chopped off, and it looks a bit janky, but it's still quite gnarly. There's actually a lot of things in here that look pretty gross, but when you look at them in any detail, they are terribly done the nipple being one of them, the gouging out of the eye later on.
1: Yeah, I feel like not watching it in 2K maybe does it some favours in this way.
0: Maybe, actually there's probably some truth to that, because you could see the edges of a lot of the makeup, you could see that it was just very kind of hastily applied, and there wasn't really a lot of they obviously didn't have a lot of time, and they had a lot of people to make up, because there's a lot of these creatures running around.
1: Yes, yes, they are everywhere.
0: Yeah, some of them, they've just got a little patch, like a kind of Lumpy shit on their face, like the Toxic Avenger. Other ones are closer to what the Toxic Avenger actually looks like.
1: Yeah, I think, like, um, uh, now, and the effects here are better than this, but it reminds me of, like, uh, you know, in Troll 2, where there's, like, some people, like, or some of the kind of trolls or goblins, I guess, have, um, very kind of detailed makeup but then the ones that they kind of assume you won't see quite so well they get kind of stashed to the back that have just got like burlap on their heads yeah (laughs) it's a bit like that
0: Uh, to answer your question though he throws a tv which explodes (laughs) in an enormous fireball like this this is a this is volatile like later on he's lobbing hand grenades right but this tv explodes with a, a more devastating explosion than even a hand grenade
1: absolutely uh, it's, yeah Because like I, I wouldn't like i just like, i just looked down at the wrong second and when i looked up something had blown up and the two creatures were on fire yeah it's a tv um <laughs> it's a tv right i would never have guessed that um <laughs> like if you looked away and looked back it would have looked like you'd lobbed a molotov yeah that's what i thought it was i thought it was like a handheld explosive of some kind <laughs> uh but no apparently not um so he takes off in his car apparently this is citywide. we get a kind of look at that again at this point we join miller's wife anna who uh is a doctor, as we have learned previously, <laughs> and has an excellent rapport with the patients. Now, um, I have a great, possibly my favourite subtitle split moment here. Well,
0: well, I, I actually, really, uh, I've got to give props to Anna. Like you say, her bedside manner is incredible, despite having horrible,
1: awkward conversations with her patients. Ah, uh, this ward she, is the worst. She's also very adaptable to like to matching people's tones.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. <laughs> Because the first guy was like, oh, I don't want to die today. And she's like, well, that's an improvement. And then she goes and sits down to the next, and that guy's obviously kind of like, likes a bit of gallows humour. And then the next person that she talks to is the kid that wants to be playing football.
0: Yeah, he's what, he had a dream where his legs got smashed off. And, um, yeah. He's worried that uh, that will somehow come into reality. Little the, does he know that in a few hours he'll be dead anyway, so it doesn't matter. It's a moot point.
1: When he says, uh, I just want to play football again, or whatever it is that he says, in the one that I was watching, the dub said, don't worry about it. Soon you'll be running up and down that soccer field making goals, I promise you. Uh-huh, that's, yeah, that's
0: what my dialogue said.
1: My subtitle said, you've got to relax. Tonight, Dr. Kramer is going to operate on you and you'll wake up tomorrow fully recovered. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's not even on the operating table with Dr. Kramer later. It's someone else. Because- uh, it's- he dies
1: in his bed. It's so good. It's so good. I like um, but that that was my favorite one. I think I do. Ha- I do have some others. We get some uh, military strategizing at this point. We cut off to like a covert military uh, base where some strategizing is going on. Shit. Uh, yeah. Get some uh, some close looks at the creatures here. Um, and uh, a military specialist concludes that they are human, but they're heavily corrupted by radioactivity. Ah, that's um, the bo-
0: that'll be the bold Colonel Donahue from the Institute of Atomic Research who I mentioned earlier. <laughs>
1: Yes, the very same, Colonel Donahue. Uh, he also imparts that they have regenerative capabilities and can only <laughs> be killed by shots to the brain.
0: Yeah, I, I what I really love here is there's a bit where Murchison is like, yeah, Murchison turns around and goes, look, uh, listen, Donahue, uh, I want you to simplify this. Layman's terms for some of the less informed colleagues, which 100% means I don't know what no, the hell t- you're talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, look, I know what you mean, but for, for the benefit of people here who might not, can can you dumb it down a shade (laughs)
0: yeah yes yeah yeah, exactly exactly what i thought
1: (laughs) (laughs) do you know what this means yes but you say it first (laughs) at this point holmes has to postpone heading home to his lover sheila
0: that's right yeah by the way a crucial thing that you've missed Mitch, and i don't want to blow past it we learned that these radioactive creatures they are their bodies are constantly losing red blood cells, so they have to feast on human blood, much like vampires, which I'll also accept alongside infected here, because they do drink blood to stay alive. Um, So, yeah, and we also learn that you can kill them by shooting them in the head, much like we would expect from the things that start with Z.
1: Yep. Uh, Like, uh, I would also accept zompires. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, But, yes, uh, general... uh, But, yes, Holmes calls home. <laughs> uh, talks to Sheila, tells her to uh, follow his orders without question.
0: Yeah, incredibly blase about the seriousness of the message again.
1: Yes, aha, uh-huh. I think that uh, I think that a few people uh, in the early going in this suffer a little bit for not necessarily taking this entirely seriously enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, she she's certainly one of them. She thinks he's just calling because he's jealous and he doesn't want her going <laughs> out.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. um, and I mean, this is not even close to the worst, like, blasé attitudes to this that we get Yeah. as this goes on. But she does barricade herself in the home, uh, but not before looking outside to find the lawnmower running by itself and what's presumably an entirely separate phenomenon.
0: I think that's a great visual. I can only assume, because we do get some zompires later in her house, I can only assume that one of them is a gardener who has... Been- <laughs> That's what I've always assumed, like, it's not even a joke, like, it's, I've just always assumed that a gardener was attacked mid-lawn mid mow, mid-mow, and the lawn mower just kind of keeps trundling on, and I think it's a really cool visual, I, quite creepy, actually she looks out there and it's just trundling past.
1: I misunderstood what you meant there, and I thought that you meant that one of the zombies was a gardener and just got to her house and just started gardening rather than attacking.
0: <laughs> I, I don't think they really do
1: much, apart, apart from
0: drive and kill.
1: Yes, I think that that's fair. So while she has been doing this, she comes back in to find that an assailant has stabbed one of her awful abomination sculptures with a bloodstained knife.
0: Don't get this bit at all, because there's nothing there's no one else in the room. There's no like immediate peril to her. Uh,
1: no, it's pretty weird, yeah, because like presumably whoever does that does it and fucks off because uh, <laughs> her house is relatively secure after that. Mm-hmm. Um at least initially. Um so yeah, a little bit strange. However, off to another house, and my favourite piece of unnecessarily expositional dialogue is well, kind of all over this scene as we meet Bob and Jessica, local yeah. morons.
0: Yeah, Bob and Jessica, worth mentioning, son name Murchison,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and um, I love this so much because, like, so she's having like a swim in the pool in the back garden, and he comes out and he's like honey, we're going to be late for our vacation if you don't leave soon. She's like, okay, I'm going to get ready. Then the phone rings.
0: Uh Uh, They don't answer it. They don't answer it.
1: No, they're very blasé about it. And he's like, oh, it'll be your father, no doubt. He always wants to know where we're going, where we're stopping, and if we have enough money. And then she says, well, generals are very inquisitive, and General Murchison is no exception. And then he says, I can't believe I married Jessica Murchison. It's like, I wonder if they're related. I I wonder if that's the same General Murchison from before.
0: I really hope that she always calls her father General, well, just in that he <laughs> insists on it. <laughs> call me by my rank, subordinate. <laughs> I don't work for years to reach the rank of General so that you could call me
1: Dad. <laughs> um, another amazing thing that happens here is that while they're being very blasé about all this, um, a soldier appears in the garden and was like, I had to come here immediately. <laughs> you didn't answer your phone. <laughs> He must have been like walking through the house as the phone rang. He could have answered it. Yeah, he could have answered it. Yeah, but like, uh, but he literally just like a minute later just appears in the garden being like, "Well, we couldn't get hold of you, and obviously everyone was very worried."
0: <laughs> He's taking the defense headquarters, by the way. Classic defense headquarters. No more information given.
1: Uh, yeah, or at least he would if these idiots weren't like. Well, I'm not gonna let whoever national security situation is going on get in the way of us decanting into a fucking caravan let's creep away while the army guy waits for us out front
0: yeah that's right Yeah, they they run away and go on their vacation anyway
1: yes crafty indeed um, <laughs> except it isn't so while they sneak away we see more army men getting murdered by the infected yeah,
0: and- yeah you could probably blow by a lot of this the only thing really worth mentioning here is that they do smash up a power station and cause widespread blackouts
1: yeah, yeah, worth noting. Yeah, because you're right. A lot of like zombie to human combat is quite uh is quite inconsequential. It's fun to look at, but there's not a massive amount to discuss.
0: Yeah, and this is the point where Dean runs into the hospital and he's told that he can't see his wife, and he just runs right out again.
1: Yeah, while uh while uh Miller is in the hospital here, uh, we meet this doctor who completely just resolutely does not draw a causal link. Well, um, he cannot like, can't see what's in front of him here because he's like. Another emergency. That's the sixth one in two hours. And he doesn't think maybe there's a pattern there. Yeah, we've got no
0: power in the hospital. There's corpses upon corpses coming in.
1: But as he takes this call, um, the audio said, I'll be right down, keep your socks on. And the subtitle said, We'll arrange for a transfusion. Call Dr. Kramer. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Kramer's busy. He's performing surgery elsewhere with Anna. Uh, Yes, correct. Yes, he is. Um, In the dark. Yeah, of course, absolutely. I mean, to be fair, the power's out. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing I did notice, uh, basically, any time that you see zompires attacking the army, is that the army always get their asses handed to them. Yeah, like, I, I it's think like... they're
0: just, I think they're just overpowered, out like, out like outmanned and just swarmed. I, I just don't think they have a chance.
1: Uh, yes, and I think that the film does a reasonable job of getting that point across because I don't think that's an accident.
0: No. 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 No.
1: I promise I'm going to shut up about these subtitle splits at some point, but when they attack at this point... uh, Because they overrun the hospital.
0: This all happens, kind of. Anna's wandering around in the dark, and uh, she gets attacked by a zompire that looks really a lot like Doc Cotton from EastEnders.
1: Yes, ah, definitely. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. When that happens, uh, there was one point where she sees the Doc Cotton zompire, and she goes... (gasps) And when she gasped, the subtitle said, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the best one, yeah. I think that that was pretty great, yeah. Um, but yeah, Miller does arrive at the hospital at this point to, uh, to ostensibly to kind of like save slash check on Anna. Mm, yeah. Uh, this one's absolutely relentless. Like, I mean, it does enough Dialogue and talky sequences, a dialogue-heavy and talky sequences to move the story along, but so much of this is just like constant disembowelment Yeah, like
0: you get, you you know what these creatures are, right? Because it's explained and it's explained in that five-minute scene with the soldiers, right? So you don't you don't spend any time thinking what's going on here. You know that it's cause of nuclear leaks and atomic energy. You know what the stakes are in terms of Dean and Anna. You yeah, it's like. It gets all the important storytelling out the way early on, and then you just get to enjoy the carnage for the next hour.
1: Yeah, I think that that is, uh, I think that that is reasonable. They do get away um, as a state of emergency is declared, which I think is probably wise if a little late. Yeah, um, one of my favourite
0: things in the hospital, actually, is the moment when there's like that group of people huddled together in an elevator, and the zompires, like turn the elevator mechanism to lower them down just so they can get
1: at them. I think that's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. While Dean Miller and his wife mull over how this could have happened, we are off to once again rejoin General Murchison's idiot daughter and her moron husband, who have uh, decanted to a caravan. Uh, she's sitting outside minding her own business. He has the radio on, and uh, Bob is astonished to discover that a state of emergency has been declared, despite the fact that there was a literal military presence in his back garden two hours ago.
0: Yeah, there's some weird stuff here. Like there's uh, Jessica sitting going. Um... I'm really nervous. I'm scared. Why can I hear barking, but I can't see any dogs? Why are there no cars? Like They're the dumbest fucking people in the world. And then she wanders literally 12 feet away from the caravan and finds a corpse. And yeah, it's uh-huh. really quite nonplussed about it.
1: Yeah, it's really weird. Actually, I think that like a lot of the stuff with these two is kind of jarring. Um, but when they discover that body, uh, they kind of resolve to head home. Uh, Bob's rationale splits fairly dramatically between audio and subtitles. You're my wife and I love you versus you're General Murchison's daughter and it's my duty to protect you. So
0: they've painted Bob as some kind of hero character as opposed to the asshole husband of a woman whose dad's in the military. That's yes, all, That's uh-huh. all her character is.
1: Yeah, they've tried, they've tried to make him a man of honour other than a blundering oaf. Okay, cool. Um... But at this point, it's at this point that we learn and see kind of like quantifiable evidence of the fact that the Zompires can drive cars. Because their pals, Martha and Ted, Mm -hmm. who are presumably supposed to be joining them in this caravan, which would make for a very cramped trip, by the way. But um, they arrive and murder them. (laughs) So that's that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. Jump back to Holmes's wife Sheila here um, as she works on her abomination sculptures in atmospheric lighting when her pal comes to the door.
0: Yeah, I think this is
1: Cindy. Okay, okay, I didn't, I did not get a name for this character, so that's no, that's cool, that's fine.
0: Yeah, she turns up basically looking for a friend, and amongst this chaos, I think she's taken in by Sheila very quickly. In the conversation, Cindy mentions that, "Oh, I had to close my coal chute."
1: Yes, With yeah, that's right.
0: My coal pipe or something. So they're like, oh fuck, we better do that here, lest we have some of these things intrude through the, the down the coal pipe. So they go down. I actually really like the, the 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 kind of moments where they're creeping around in the cellar. I think that stuff's quite effective. It does quite a decent job of building suspense here.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. considering how much of this is kind of instant gratification and a lot of like um, very kind of in your face violence and effects work, um, it is cool because this takes like a couple of minutes.
0: Yeah, and then <laughs> and then Sheila's like. Right, okay, I didn't immediately see any zompires, so why don't you stay down here in the dark and I'll go back upstairs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how that goes down, which is just... <laughs> amazing. Yeah, you're right, that's great. Um, I feel like uh, a lot of the early going of this exchange when she first arrives is very hysterical, but they do become a little bit more rational and ultimately uh, make like very irresponsible decisions like the one that you just mentioned. Um, And Cindy dies here. Yeah, Uh, this is the
0: eye gouge. It feels very much to me, Like this is is like the year after Zombie Flesh Eaters. It feels very much to me like a nod to the eye scene in Zombie Flesh Eaters, although pulled off with a fraction of the talent and skill that Gennetto De Rossi did in Zombie Flesh Eaters.
1: Uh yes, this is uh, fairly fairly clumsy stuff. But yeah, uh, poor one out for Cindy. She uh, she uh, burned bright but fast. <laughs> yes, indeed. Meanwhile, Dean uh, Dean Miller and Anna stop for gas. Uh, they f- stop at a gas station and find it to be abandoned with evidence of uh, some zompire related struggles.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, again, just every scene is absolutely littered with dead bodies.
1: Yeah, aha, uh-huh. Or bloodied blades. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Because yeah. as we've um, already
0: mentioned, these these creatures are fond of a blade.
1: Yeah, aha. Uh-huh. Like I say, like, like um that was one of the reasons why. Cause I kind of like um, I kind of started theorizing in my notes about why the like, the various reasons why the Z word doesn't necessarily apply. And one mm-hmm. of them was I was like, oh, they're very handy with like weapon based melee combat. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, no, it's like I, I think that like pretty much from the beginning that label doesn't really fit that comfortably. Mm-hmm.
0: And they're, they're, not, they're really not, they're not undead. Like they're super-powered radioactive monsters. They are the Toxic Avenger, every one of them.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, they can also blow up cars. <laughs> yeah, and they
0: do so here. Yeah.
1: They do indeed, um, which uh, stymies one possible escape route for uh, Dean and Anna, but they do get away. At this point, Anna's very maudlin.
0: She is, yeah. She's bordering on hysterical and finally reaches hysterical. And then what we get is a husband slapping the hyster- the hysteria out of his wife, which then quickly switches into horniness and they nearly bang until they see like a horde of zombies coming.
1: Yes, aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, that is true. That is a very weird dynamic. Now, the army descend here and like a, a, long, a, a long, kind of air quotes, final standoff happens here across a number of different kind of levels, I mm. would
0: say. I think by this point in the film, Stelvio Cipriani's main theme is
1: starting to get to me slightly. Oh, the uh, the Zompires are attacking music. Yeah, it's like
0: the attack theme. Anytime anyone's getting mauled, that plays, and it plays just constantly. I mean, I like it. It's a cool little tune, but it's used about 20 times in this film. So, uh, and Stelvio Cipriani did things like Piranha 2, PCs and Beaks, the movie, which I've I think all of which we've talked about in some capacity on the show before.
1: Uh, yes, I believe Beeks uh, was the subject of your uh, Nature's Gone Wild very early on. It's quite a successful one, as I recall. And in an everything's relative kind of way, yeah. you are correct. Yeah. Yes, absolutely.
0: Actually, I think I'm going to put that theme at the end of this episode.
1: Definitely seems appropriate. I would say, like When you started singing it there, I could immediately sing it along with you. That's how bedded in it is.
0: The alternative would be for me to put it, over the recording every seven minutes.
1: I think that, that would be authentic but also infuriating.
0: And <laughs> drop you right in the world though.
1: Absolutely yeah, it's <laughs> it's the most immer- it's the most immersive thing we could possibly do. But uh but can doesn't mean should. Yeah,
0: sure, sure.
1: Cool thing here actually, um when they are about to take uh, cover in this like bell tower. Yeah,
0: yeah, I like the scene at the church.
1: Yeah, it's all pretty good. Like I mean like so obviously uh their plan is to kind of take cover in there and then um, Miller goes up the stairs Dean and he finds this the reason that the bell tower is kind of sounding yeah. or the bell is sounding is uh, because a soldier has been hung from the bell frame
0: yeah that's right Yeah,
1: pretty cool like yeah, it's like very it. effective and it's good when he like, I, I quite like it when he comes back down and she's like what's going on he's like there's nobody in there I think it's funny because he comes down and he's like there's nobody up there I just like then who's ringing the bell and he's like look over there <laughs> <laughs> also
0: she, they've seen so many dead bodies and death and destruction that what is another
1: one? Yeah, it feels like a strange time to start feeling like you need to shield a person from that yeah, me. Yeah,
0: there's no coming back from the amount of carnage that you've seen here. Yes,
1: yeah, so at this point everyone is presumably like thoroughly desensitised, but we power on.
0: Yes, yes. Remember the medieval legends, Mitch? If these are vampires, they can't enter the House of God. So, Dean and Anna immediately enter the House of God and are almost instantly attacked by a, a zompire priest wielding a giant candle.
1: Uh, Yes, this is one very funny, but also, like, I uh, didn't expect that to go that way for some reason when when Anna was like, uh, we can hide in this church because if the vampires, they won't get into House of God. I was like, oh, that's solid reasoning, I guess
0: if they're vampires if assuming they're vampires. that they're vampires
1: yeah which is like a little bit of a leap maybe but like um but i was like yeah okay sure let's see what happens here and then um it's a classic like as soon as you saw the priest in side profile i was like oh presumably the other half of his face is all uh is all is all zombie
0: yeah but then the side of his face that zombie is facing them as they come in the door and they're still like <laughs> they're still like father father can you get off of his sanctuary and they get right close to him before he turns the opposite like he doesn't turn the natural way towards them he turns in like a full circle so we can see that he's a zomper but <laughs> they would already have seen that like the minute they walked in the door
1: i didn't quite as at all. it's like oh yeah oh maybe it's a coincidence let's hear him out he might just have bad skin
0: maybe a leper but then sure enough he does attack them with like a, a six foot votive candle
1: yeah it's amazing uh like that that's the thing like um and i get the impression that like the reason that because i don't th- i think it's, it's probably becoming fairly apparent now like for so quite a bit Yeah, um, uh and like uh one of the reasons that i think that i could see myself watching it again in the future um is just that it's like there are so many things like because the priest like lamping him in the head of the candle is hilarious but also it's so quickly introduced and tossed off that it's like there must be other ones of those that i've missed
0: yeah oh I, there's, there's so much like you go back and watch this again. You see killings you didn't notice before. You see people with makeup on their face before they've even been hit, like just in preparation for like having that. There's a woman who gets like a face clawed, and you can quite clearly see before the zompire puts like, his hands on her face that the makeup's already there. And then she turns to camera like,
1: "Ah!" So it's like, there's, <laughs> there's
0: loads of really dumb, silly little things like that that kind of speak to the amateurish nature of Lindsay's films in general, I think. But also had a mad charm.
1: Um, certainly, I th- I think that that's true of this definitely. And I, said that I suppose the, like the only other one that I've seen, unsurprisingly, is Nightmare Beach, and I would say that I probably gave you in that score as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is escalating rapidly. Military operations are becoming limited. Uh, Murchison is starting to tell people that their missions are kind of useless.
0: It's pretty ominous at this point, really. The, the it mood, is pretty ominous. The mood is yeah. the mood is low.
1: Yes, I would say that that's that, that's fair. I would say it's grim. <laughs> I would say you're right. Um, But, yeah, um, at this point, Holmes goes home again. I'll never tell of saying that. Mm. um, For the most predictable Zompire reveal ever.
0: Yeah, Sheila's a Zompire. Still a strong artistic bent.
1: Absolutely, yeah, still working away on those dreadful, dreadful sculptures.
0: (laughs) And they're so terrible, she's shot in the face for making them.
1: Twice, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, There was a weird one there when he shot her, um, because he shoots her once and it kind of pierces her forehead. But then the second time it looked to me on first watch when you see it from the back like it had blown her head clean off her shoulders but then her head's intact as she hits the ground.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, one of those instances of amateurish filmmaking that I talked about just a minute ago.
1: Quite enjoyed it, though. (laughs) Um, At this point, Anna and Dean, fresh from killing a priest, are out in the aftermath of more chaos. (sighs) Um, Well, I say aftermath. It looked like it was going to be one of those kind of like desolate 28 Days Later style moments where they kind of like walk out into the kind of like after the dust is settled on like some kind of massacre. It's not that, though. Um, there's a whole load of them still kicking around. Uh, swarms of zompires descend. Miller pretty handy with an automatic weapon, as it turns out, as this chase follows us, somewhat hilariously, into a theme park.
0: Yeah, he's an absolute fucking action hero by the end of this. Like, he, ha- he has been a man of action, really, since the get-go. Yeah, reasonable. Um, and he's in here, he, he really lives that fantasy. He has guns now, he's got hand grenades that he's lobbing. He's blowing holes in Zompire's heads with alarm and regularity. This bit here is amazing. I love this bit in the theme park. And then to have the audacity for the like the climax of it to take place as they climb up a roller coaster to escape via helicopter, it's amazing.
1: Uh, yes, this is like ludicrous in the best possible way. When I realised what was happening here, when I started to see the elements converging, I was like, this is tremendous. This is a suitably ridiculous end. Oh, brilliant. Uh, when yeah, when they when they run up the roller coaster and get winched to, I was gonna say safety, not necessarily true, because uh, Anna doesn't make it. She loses her grip uh, from the winch and falls to her death. It's amazing. She hits every possible wrong on the way down. Uh,
0: certainly, a dummy in her clothes does. Um, which yes. is I mean it's quite clearly <laughs> some kind of mannequin. Um, but yeah, here's the twist.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. Um, I uh, I actually I'm not a great one for talking to myself as you know Andy but I, uh, I actually said what out loud when um, Anna hits the deck and with that Dean sits bolt upright in bed as if waking from a nightmare
0: jolted from a nightmare in which he just watched his wife die um, yeah apparently they, they added this ending in because they didn't know what else they could do they didn't know how else to tie the film up and they'd spunked all their budget
1: Amazing, it's ridiculous, like. But yeah, uh, we get a little bit, we get a little bit Dallas-ed here.
0: We get um, thoroughly
1: dallas here. Uh, yeah, where it turns out the the entire uh, proceedings of the day that we've seen unfold has been a dream of Dean's specifically.
0: I fucking love this.
1: I kind of do as well, actually, and it's I and mean, it goes against every fibre of my being to say that I kind of quite enjoy it, but I do. And I also want to point out at this point, because he's just getting ready for a regular day at work once he realises that Anna's okay and that he's imagined the whole thing or he's dreamt the whole thing. And he's kind of just talking about what it is that he's away to do. And uh, there's a hint that this kind of might not be all that it seems because he does talk about the arrival of Dr. Hagenbeck. But also, um, Dean Miller is a investigative broadcast journalist that pronounces it nuclear.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but then loads, loads of people do that Like it's never not annoying to me that Jack Boward does it, constantly
1: really? Yeah. I don't watch 24, is that like, wow ok, I didn't know that yeah, less of a Dallas, more of a premonition perhaps yeah, uh, because, because we do get
0: to see, I guess, I guess what you would call the first kind of five minutes of Nightmare City again
1: yes, yeah, yeah, which, uh, which, which pulls the runtime conveniently over the 90 minute mark <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we do see a decent amount of familiar footage and the plane lands. Now, i got to say, we're back at the scene, the exact scene, like you say, of the air, of the plane landing at the start mm-hmm. of this. And how this ends is that the door at the plane opens, the scene freezes, and in either Italian or English, depending which version you're watching, the words of The Nightmare Becomes Reality are emblazoned on the screen in the credits roll.
0: Yeah, I had it in Italian. I had it in English.
1: My preference would have been, I think, there... And it's not often that I favour an open ending mm-hmm. uh, to this extent, but I think that I probably would have preferred the plane door opening and it freezing and the credits rolling without that. Right, okay. I think that that would have been kind of cool.
0: Okay, got you. Mm-hmm.
1: But this does not take away from the fact that we are out on Nightmare City and I really liked it. Yes! Um, Did I prefer it to Nightmare Beach? Maybe. Yeah. Probably.
0: See... I like the dynamic we have in these episodes, right? Because you generally bring newer things to the table, right? And I tend to bring things that are a little bit older. And I think with things like Nightmare City, I, I often think Mitch is never, or certainly not anytime soon, is going to get to this film on his own time. Like It's pretty much yeah. never going to happen. It's way, way down the line if it is. Like So if I can accelerate that and get these kind of films on your radar and in your brain and in, like in your... In your kind of zone, then I feel like I'm doing something good. And when it works, as in the case of this one, less so last time the body melt, it just makes me really happy. So uh, that that fills me with joy that you that you like this.
1: Yeah, I th- I think that it's um it's 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 an interesting one these because almost always I mean snakes on a plane is kind of an anomaly, but almost always you like you say you're going for something ordinarily from the seventies and eighties um that like you say i think that like god alone knows when I, mean, I think that i'm working through things at a reasonable pace these days but there's so much stuff out there that god knows when i would get to them so i do quite like being kind of like thrust into a world that i would not have voluntarily explored yeah, yeah. um whereas i think that like a lot of the time uh i'm picking something that is potentially like maybe something like a festival title from from the, like, like recent years and things like that like where it's kind of like probably a little less OTT and the yeah. conversation is probably a little less kind of steeped and kind of like us having a laugh at the ridiculousness of things and we're just trying to pick apart things that work and don't work. Yeah, this was a good one. This was a really good one. I like this it's quite a bit. Like, it's just
0: um, it's just daft action from pretty much the get-go to the end. Massive, massive favourite of Tarantino and Eli Roths. Um, weirdly, I'm not so much a fan of them, um, but hey, at least we have Nightmare City in common. Yeah, um, we'll also, always have Nightmare City.
1: Yeah, also Tom
0: Savini's been trying to get a remake of this going for years. And as much of a fan as I am of Savini's remake of Night of the Living Dead, I don't know if I want him to do this. Like, He can do it as long as Dan Martin does the stabs.
1: Oh yeah, that's why they call him Mr. Stab. <laughs> That'll
0: keep Dan busy, certainly, in this fucking film.
1: Um, but yeah, no, good shout. Yeah. i got to say... I, uh, we had like a little bit of a ripple of enthusiasm on the social media uh, when we mentioned that we were going to be doing this one. So I'd be curious to know uh, other people's stories with this film, whether or not it's one that kind of like you have known about for years, whether you're visiting it for the first time like I did, um, or somewhere in between. If you want to get in touch and tell us about your experiences with both the film and the episode, then you know what to do. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language violent Scenes, you can tweet us at Strong PC. You can email stronglanguageviolentteens at gmail.com and you can, of course, search The Chud Locker on Facebook and join our Facebook group and get in on the flourishing bad film club and general kind of like good vibes club that is going on there <laughs> by the way it also sounds
0: like watching this on amazon prime with the subtitles on is 100 the thing to do if you want the complete
1: experience cannot recommend it enough an absolute riot like i say my favorite was uh the gasp being translated as what do you want
0: and i'm going to throw my hands up here and say patrons between birthdays and stuff this week we just haven't got round to doing an episode apologies a thousand thousand apologies bear with us we will again next week release two episodes and we will be bringing our competition to a close and contacting the winner.
1: Yes, uh, thanks to everybody that's been getting in touch on that one as well. If you want to know what we're talking about, patreon.com slash scenes is a place to go. Take a look, see if there's anything for you there. Perfect. However, before any and all of that, we will be back on Monday with another mini-sode. You know the drill. It's feedback. It's what we've been watching. It's nature gone wild. It's Mitch's pitches. It's a streaming platforms. It is our announcement for this coming week. Yeah, it's all of that. Join us then if you can, now Andy, as we're heading away here, Mm. you mentioned it earlier, I think it's probably only fair and only fitting that we exit on Stelvio Cipriani.
0: Absolutely, crank it up guys, fill your ears, and we'll see you on Monday.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.